Hi, I'm Chris Chicken Shepherd. I've been shepherding chickens now for over 15 years. That means the taste you get from a Chicken Shepherd chicken is second to none. Chicken. But bulk buy 30 chickens from me now and claim a free key ring and hand wash pump. Email me now, chris.chickenshepherd at lycoshome.com. If it's chicken, think Chris Chicken Shepherd. Hello, I'm Dan Reeves, and welcome to Very Important, Very Serious, the podcast where we take a deep dive into a wonderful world of nonsense to see what treasures it can throw up for us. Mm, mm, you all right? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm good. Hang on. Your cable's coiled comically around one side of your, your headphones, which is, you oh, look sorry. like a, a shit pilot. Yeah. Just, uh... <laughs> take it off. I'm just going to distract me. Take it off. Right, should we start? No. Well, what about yours? Mine are fine. Only take... one's on. That's how it's designed to be. Take that off and unfurl it. I mean, on your head. Okay, here we go. Here we <clears throat> Joining me today with his tripod stool and pre-bag salad, it's Shania Twain's gardener, Adam Furman. Thank you very much, sir. It's a pleasure to be here once more. Yes, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm extremely well, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, no, I'm a little tired. Are you? Um, what have you been yeah, doing? You can probably hear it in my voice. Um, <clears throat> well, I've just got back from Scotland. Mm. Over there taking photos of castles. Just castles? Mainly castles. Exclusively yeah. castles? Yeah, castles and, uh, and whiskey. Yeah. Right. That sounds like a boring load of pictures. No, as well. There's about 7,000. It's going through them this morning. 7,000 pictures? Roughly, on one camera. Um, yeah. And then I've got my drone, of course. I saw some things on Instagram. You were, you were, you were bunking with two other men. Uh, well, yeah, friends. Friends, just friends. Yeah. <clears throat> it looked a bit more... Strictly platonic friends. Platonic? Yeah. What yeah. were their names? It's Dan. A shout out to Dan there, Dan. my main man DPC. Okay, big up. I'll, I'll cut that. Yeah, oh. and then also, um, yeah, Robbie and Henry. Uh, okay. Just, just yeah. was three men actually. Christ, three men in a bed. Now, listen, I've been very busy. Um, I'm talking with ITV2, who are extremely interested in my new TV show concept. Oh yeah, Simon Cowell on the Prowl. We follow Simon Cowell on nights out in various market towns around the UK, searching for love. Episode one sees Simon at a slug and lettuce in Skipton, where he treats admin assistant Samantha to a family-sized scampi supper and a foot massage in a cash-only minicab. At the end of the night, girls rate Simon out of ten before he flies Virgin Atlantic business class back to his massive house. <laughs> what do we think? Fantastic. Yeah. Once again, yeah, um, <clears throat> that's so Simon. I think it is. Yeah, it's very Simon. Yeah. Now... I've also, this week's been busy for me. Netted bags. Yes. Some foods come in netted bags, others don't. Mm-hmm. So oranges netted bags, garlic netted bags, You're baby missing, bell yes. netted bags, the essential, of course. Baby bell. Tell me why. Uh, why do they come in a netted bag? Yes, and why not other things? Carrots, always in plastic. I mean, if I was to be real about this, I'd imagine it's because there's a way of weighing them and you need to keep them in a certain type kind of sack to weigh them because uh, they're very loose. So someone's individually uh, weighing out grab bags of baby bells. Yeah. Well, I feel like they are because they, they've limited the amount they put in them. They used to be a lot bigger. Now, have you seen the price of a sack of six baby bell? Four pounds. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Is... I just want to say I've been secretly waiting for the net bag of baby bells to drop to a pound for about five years. Five years. It's going up. Yeah, it's annoying. I, I mean, I'm sure that everyone shares my frustration because when you go into a shop, you want a snack. You do? Usually baby oh, bells. Oh, so you'd, one of would the... you buy baby bells to snack Absolutely. whilst going around the shop? I would definitely, well... Like people do with baguettes. I, when I was a child, I used to use pepperamis and then, you know, just... Use choose, them? Well, eat That's them. That's a weird turn Hang phrase. On. I shouldn't rephrase that. Yeah. Used to, used to eat them in the pram with my... my yeah. My mum would push me along and I'd eat a pepperami. How old were you when she, your mum was feeding you pepperami? I was three in a pram. That's... A three-year-old boy mm. being pushed around in a pram yeah. consuming pepperami. The best part was sucking that meat wrapper at the end. I used to suck on oh. that and chew all the meat out of it. It looks like a used condom. It does, yeah. Well, imagine a three-year-old. Well... Moving on. Yeah. 
Um, mm. Now, listen, since we performed my latest book, The Mayor and the Cuckoo, last oh, yeah. week, oh. I've received a lot of attention from <clears throat> various publishers. How many emails have we got? Not many. Oh. I've also switched from children's books to medieval fiction. Now, this new book is called The King's Fair Maiden. Now, the publisher once again has asked for an audiobook, so if you wouldn't mind helping me out, please. Sure. Okay, let's get that done. We'll get, we'll get the engineers to cut it off and I'll just send it to Amazon. Yeah. Uh, I want you to play the fair maiden. That's, that's the role I was born for. And I'm going to play the king. This scene takes place in the king's chambers where the king is looking for a new chambermaid. That's fine, yeah. Now, are we ready? Yeah. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm not sure about this. Can, can I play the king? No. Absolutely not. Okay. It was early evening. The king had been in his chamber for the entire day. It felt as if he'd been seeing potential chambermaids for an eternity now, about to give up and say no more, when at that moment, the bedroom door creaked open. Who goes there? It the is king. I. No. Who goes there? The king asked. It is I, sire, the fair maiden. Please may I approach? You may. The fair maiden walked softly across the large moonlit room, as she approached, the king noticed her large mop of curly hair and strange brown corduroy coat. Good eve, sire. Shall I curtsy? Yes, I think it's best, said the king. The maiden did as she was asked. As she did, the king sniffed at the air. What is that strange scent, fair maiden? It may be eggs, sire. I had eggs for dinner and lunch. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no apologies necessary, fair maiden. What is your name? It is Sue, sire. Sue. Fair maiden Sue, why, pray tell, should I have you as my new chambermaid? I can cook and clean all day. I have ointments to soothe, hands to prove, and a smile as wide as the moon. <laughs> Very well, fair maiden. Then let me see how you sweep this here chamber. Yes, sire. I will use only my best and favourite long-armed broom. I call it Mother Broomy. And with that, the... The maiden began to sweep the king's chamber. She moved with speed and efficiency. Does me brooming this room please you, sire? The king did not reply. All he could do was stare at the sweeping Sioux maiden. Her curly hair was strange, like a bird's nest. This, mixed with the brown corduroy coat, made her look just like a tree that had come to life. The king became deeply disturbed. He demanded the maiden leave his chamber at once. Be gone, maiden! Please, sire. I never meant no harm. He made a mental note to have the maiden locked away in the dungeon for all time. The end. Thank you for that. Fantastic. Perfect. So that's, where, where can you get a copy of that? Uh, Amazon. Amazon. Amazon and uh, Waterstones. Fantastic. As of next week. So gonna... thank, yeah, that was good. So I'm going to be famous then, mate. You will be famous. Yeah. It sounded fantastic. Was that, was that all right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really good. Um, right, so this week I found something new out about the Queen. We all know she legally owns all swans, but up until 1997... Lizzie Queen also legally owned pigeons in the UK. However, a signed petition was sent to Buckingham Palace claiming the birds rightly belonged to British coach drivers. She Queen relinquished ownership of the birds to the drivers, and to this day, if you were to maim or kill a pigeon, you risk being denied service on Megabus, National Express, and a collection of independent school trip operators. Mm. How would that be policed? I don't know. Well, they get around. <laughs> They, I mean, they do get around. Everywhere you yeah. look, there's a coach. That's very There's true. a megabus. Yeah. So if you were to maim, kill a pigeon, yeah. someone's going to open those big hydraulic doors. You'd hear the tss, tss, tss yes. as the door opens. Yeah. You just touched that pigeon. No. 
yeah. belongs to British coach drivers, yeah. mate. Uh, I can imagine being, yeah, really sternly told off by a coach driver yeah. if they weren't playing. Or was it pump them up? Yeah, <laughs> the, the hydraulic uh, coach seat game. So, everyone loves a good holiday. Do you enjoy a good holiday? Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay, sometimes they don't always go to plan. Now, I've managed to acquire a small sample of some holiday nightmares. Do you have a look? Yeah, I'd love to see. Yeah. Okay. This is from Andy in Roehampton. I'd taken my family away to Spain on what I thought would be a relaxing 14 days away. We were staying in an amazing Airbnb, which I'd booked for super cheap. I soon started to see why. All the cupboards, toilets, bedrooms, and even the fridge had remotely controlled locks. The owner, who appeared to live in a large porter cabin at the bottom of the garden, would force us all to complete complex riddles in order to access the rooms for sustenance. <laughs> when we tried to leave, he threatened me with a mediocre Airbnb review, so we stayed. It was the worst holiday I've ever had. What was his name? Richard O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking God. So they've Jesus turned up to this Christ. Airbnb. They can't do anything. And he's controlling. You never see him. He's in this portal cabin at the bottom. Playing a harmonica like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me. That's amazing. Um, yeah. But well, I get, that, yeah. you know, you don't want a bad Airbnb review. So do the riddles. Do your time. Yeah. 14 days is a long time. To be or do they in. get locked in if... If they don't, if it says at the bottom his son was locked uh, in a single room for, for two days. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we had to drink out the B-Day. Oh, oh, crikey. I mean, that's one hell of a nightmare, but also, um, you know, it'd be quite entertaining. Mm. Yeah, perhaps he was filming it. Yeah, and it's not like, um, you know, the actual game where you have to wait a year to get on it. That, uh, can you relate to that? Oh, yeah. Well, I've, you just go and do one of those horrible escape rooms. No, I've been on the Crystal Maze, the one in London. It was a waiting list of about a year, but I finally got round to going. How did you do? Uh, I got locked in, yeah. <laughs> in the first go. It was the first go. Um, yeah. But it's okay. all right. I, uh, You've I, got to put this triangle shape through the triangle shape hole. Yeah, it was Sorry, a... I've, you've lost me. <laughs> it was impossible. Locked in for a long time as well. It was, I was like, I've paid £100 here and I'm, I'm just basically being locked in a room. Okay, was, that's an expensive... <clears throat> it's like being yeah. back at home again. Um, yeah, but that, that, it's all right because it was... Uh, the uh, silver lining was that I did get one of those um, Crystal Maze bomber jackets at the end. I haven't seen this. That Could... cost another £100. You know, I, I was told not to buy it. They were like, oh, you're, you're, a, you're a mug. You're going to regret buying this. Oh, you, uh, oh, sorry, I thought they gave you that. You've spent that, so you spent £200 essentially, to get a shit a bomber £200 day, yeah, to be locked in a room and buy a bomber jacket. And it wasn't Richard O'Brien. It's not even him. It wasn't Richard O'Brien. Who no. was it? It was a camp version of Richard O'Brien. Like an out-of-work actor. <clears throat> yeah, essentially. From the London Dungeons. I think he was yeah. like, yeah, he was doing the circuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is from the Alvin family in Tadley. Mm. We were on our annual Alvin holiday to Alicante. To keep costs down, we booked a flight with Irish aviator Ryanair. One hour into the flight, there were technical difficulties with one engine. After some strange noises, the plane began to descend rapidly. We were all told to put on our life jackets, but as we did, gasps filled the cabin. It soon became apparent that Ryanair had simply replaced the life jackets with yellow household linens. An elderly woman next to me shed a tear as she pulled out a folded yellow tea towel. <laughs> A man two rows back howled as he revealed a tiny yellow tablecloth. <laughs> and my son looked up at me in despair as he clutched a delicate yellow doily. In the end, we were fine and received plenty of vouchers. Oh, good. <laughs> Goodness me. What um, a terrifying experience. Yeah. I mean, where, where do you think that they got all these linens from? I, well, I just f probably found them somewhere. All yellow. All yellow, of course. Can you imagine the panic reaching under your seat to just find a yellow doily? Yeah. I you know can. what a doily is? 
I, mean, I do know what a doily is, yeah. yeah. Nans used to put them on top of TVs. That's right, yeah. I haven't seen doilies in a very long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're going to crash into deep water or an ocean on a plane, a doily or a folded tea towel is not going to help you. Yeah. Well, so they did survive, then? They did survive, yeah. yeah. In the end, we were fine and received plenty of vouchers. I mean, good. What were the vouchers good. for? More doilies? Yeah, or just some onboard food. I'd imagine, even, I mean, I, you, know, you know, when you go to Ryanair, it's always advertising everywhere, even along the inside of the plane. Yeah. It gives me a headache when True. I'm inside the train. And it's all really brightly coloured. Like, right. Oh, it's just our brand. Yeah, no, it's yeah. to keep you awake. It's... When you take off and they go, we'll now dim the cabin lights, which is, you know, normal for a night flight, and they dim them and you think, oh, that's quite nice. Yeah. And then, you know, two minutes when you've reached your altitude, yeah. all the lights come back on. They play announcements as well, don't they? Yeah, they do. That's right. Our crew yeah. will now be coming through the cabin to offer a selection of drinks and pastries. <laughs> You can also donate to Ryanair's chosen charity, which is actually Ryanair. <laughs> okay, now, will you remember Top of the Pops? Uh-huh. Likes of Boyzone Steps, Williams Robbie, Minogue Kylie, Twain Shania. However, not many people will remember their sister show, Top of the Sweeps, where various Victorian chimney sweeps would demonstrate their latest techniques on stage to an audience of landlords. Sweet peeps. Mm. Now, just like Top of the Pops, they also did a top ten countdown of these sweeps and techniques each week. I've been lucky enough to acquire... Rewind. Say it again. Oh, dear. Now, just like Top of the Pops, they also did a top ten countdown of these sweeps and techniques each week. Wicked. I've been lucky enough to get uh, my hands on a copy. Should we have a listen? Yes. Yes, please. Okay, here we go. This is from Top of the Sweeps. Now, here's this week's official Top of the Sweeps top ten. New at number 10, it's Sydney Cole with Uncle's Trust. In at 9, Percy Ribbons with Cobb Corn. At 8, it's a new entry from Barnabas Reason with The Crow's Taste. 7 this week, Elmer Simmons, Burlap Brown. At 6, Alfred Kettle, The Milton Twist. New at 5, Vernon Carling with Mother's Woe. At 4, it's Lee Herbert Paul with The Crust of Tony. Straight in at 3, Ernest Paddle with The Fat-Headed Queen. At number 2, Rusty Lunch with Deep and Round. And still, this week's number 1, Garnet Scrubs with the Lady Reacher. Got it, Scrubs. Pick up yourself. <sighs> Lee Herbert Paul. Yeah. They're all big names. Some great techniques as well mm. listed on that. Yeah, there was. Yeah, that was um that was that was great. Yeah. It's been a while since I've um watched Top of the Sweeps. <clears throat> do do, ch- do check it out if you can. Yeah, is that is that a recent one or is that one's from That was an old one. That's an old one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have mentioned a couple of times on this podcast my deep concern about Greg's the Bakers. Mm. After our last couple of calls, I think it's safe to say they're okay. However, I have been fretting recently about carpet right, specifically their communication store to store. So I'm going to call a carpet right now to check that all is okay. This is carpet right calling. Oh, hi, it's Dan here from Carpet Right Wembley. I'm just calling to check the lines are working okay, store to store. Carpet Right calling. I don't know any Dan's at that store. Yeah, I've only just started. You think there's something funny about selling carpet, do you? No. What? No. What's funny about selling 400 metres a thick pile peak and twist at 34 quid a metre? I... Yeah, there's worse jobs than selling carpet, you know. I could be swindling grannies or selling toys that choke dogs. That's... that's true. We don't just sell carpet here, you know. Really? I thought just because the name Carpet Right... We do vinyl, laminate, rugs, hardwood floor. I did 70 square metre of shining sheen three-strip click and go last week. Sold it to a fat music teacher at a school. Okay. 
Do you know what happens if you fall onto hardwood floor? Um, you you get hurt. You get your teeth knocked out. Uh, that 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 sounds a bit like a threat. No, 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 it's not a threat. Now, stay away from carpet right. That was carpet right calling. Okay. Well, I always thought it was going to bite you in the ass eventually. Yeah, the rumours about carpet right. People. They're a tough bunch. Very tough bunch. And you went right for the motherload. I know. You went straight to Liverpool. Absolutely. Well, wow. sorry about that carpet, right? It won't happen again. Let's just hope they don't get your number. Yeah, true. Let's we take a look at some listeners' questions. Can do, yeah. Get your hat on, ready for some advice, okay? Okay. This is from Hazel in Chilton. Dear Dan and Adam, my other half, Colin, is an aspiring DJ and MC. One of his favourite shout-outs is, let's shut this club down. This does often get the revellers in the club jumping. However, due to Colin's day job as a fire safety inspector for licensed premises, it strikes fear into the club managers, who often dart over to the DJ booth in panic, trying to confirm if Colin's actually shutting down the club due to fire safety breach or simply warming up the crowd. <laughs> Do I tell him the truth? Is he wearing a high-vis while he's doing this? <laughs> this is what I thought. I thought it, that would be the, the thing. <laughs> Yeah. That would be the identifier, wouldn't it? I mean, it's a tough one. As I, I mean, because MCs tend... I mean, I, I know MCs. And yeah. they, they do have um, quite quite a aggressive temperament. Isn't high-vis a ravers thing anyway? Haven't ravers adopted high-vis outfits? Well, this is why I ask, you know. Even with high-vis on, it would be confusing to tell if he was in raver mode or uh, fire safety mode. That's true. Um, I, I guess maybe you could uh, just suggest that if he is in uh, fire safety mode, that mm. he has a fire extinguisher nearby. To That's him. true. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky territory. I'm, I'm not sure what he can do. I, I could have a word. Maybe I can have a word. Worst problems to have, to be fair. Is it MC? He, do you he, know the MC's name? Uh, it just says Colin, MC Colin. Well, I don't know if that's his stage name. Okay. Worst problems to have. Um, at least he's got two jobs. Um, here we go. This is from Samantha in Barnet. Dear Dan and Adam, I was at the Spiritland Studio Come Cafe last week. Oh, hang sound, Sounds like we've got a, a fan here. Oh, let's see what she says. I think I've left two large grab bags of Maltesers at our table. If you've seen them, please let me know, as they come from a theatre and cost nearly £30. Do they do... Uh, did she say grab bags? Cause grab I'm, bags. The theatre yeah. ones are usually the ones in the weird cardboard boxes. That's right, to prevent rustling. Um, we'll just send them. We'll send, send them back. Yeah, send yeah them we'll, send, back. we'll send you some. Yeah, okay, yeah. Thank, thanks, Samantha. Cheers. I was got excited there. Obviously yep. nothing to that. Right. Um, yeah, Ooh, a bit it's yeah, it's a bit, bit chilly in the studio all of a sudden. It's cold, yeah. It's very, it's very strange. Um, okay, well, it's time to pull on a zipped fleece, grab a fistful of rosemary beads, as we take a trip over to Welcome Break Newport Pagnell for another Service Station Tales. Hello, friends. My name is Colin Harden. I'm the assistant manager at Welcome Break Newport Pagnell. This is my service station tale. It was 12 to midnight now. I sat alone at the cashier's desk in the Texaco garage, covering for a lady named Shanice. Second time this week she'd called in sick due to lice. <laughs> the woman didn't even have her own hair. I gazed around the store. To my left, a commercial hot dog roller grill, designed to cook 17 pork frankfurters in one sitting. To my right, the USB bendy torches. The twisting shapes reminded me of serpents. The garage was known for its isolation, far away from the main welcome break complex. If trouble did come your way, you didn't stand a hope in Pagnell. 
Suddenly, a loud pop from outside. The entire forecourt, once bathed in fluorescent green light, was now pitch black. I tried the master switch. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and forth. Nothing. Then, a single lamp flickered back to life. What it revealed shook me to my very core. An old woman in a faded gown and bonnet. In one hand, she held a single rose. In the other, fuel vouchers. I stared into her empty eyes, and right then, she mouthed the words, Pump 7, Diesel. I knew what I had to do, so I authorized Pump 7 to vend, and as I did, she turned around and faded into the screen wash. Join me next week, travelers, for another Service Station Tales. Godspeed. Haunting. Yeah. As always, I won't sleep for two days after this. Absolutely terrifying. Mm. I'd just avoid Welcome Break Newport Pagnell. <sighs> yeah, okay. Zip up your fleece. I that picture, was... um, you seen Ghost Stories, the actual live show? No. you never seen it? Is that the thing with the vet fielding? Is that her name? No, that's Most Haunted. Ah, sorry, got you. No, that's not, don't speak ill of Most Haunted. No, I never would. One of my um, favourite shows. Derek Akora is a force to be reckoned with. Um, he is. Both in person and legally. <laughs> um, definitions. Um... Let's look at some more things for us to add to Urban Dictionary, shall we? Yes, please. Bouncer's teeth. A set of tiny sharpened teeth often found in the mouth of a bouncer. The bouncer's teeth were razor sharp. It only took one swift bite from him to completely sever the faux velvet rope outside Oceana Wakefield. Uh, uh, You must have had one hell of a childhood. Uh, <laughs> o- o- Oceana, sugar. Yeah, and he's just, I don't know why he'd be biting through the rope, but if he needed to, mm. he would just bite. Yeah, almost like a... Uh, yeah, it's done. Like a piranha. Exactly, mouth. biting straight through. And yeah. that's why he's, that's why they're licensed as well. Yeah. That's not for sort of, um, you know, self-defence or dealing with the public. It's for the teeth. Right, you've got your badge. Mm. Right, what's next? Can I go home? No, we're filing down your teeth. <laughs> yeah. See, this is great. I didn't know this. Yeah, it's something I, I learned quite a while ago. I see. Okay, a priest's howl, a loud, ear-splitting howl often performed by a priest. Example, the priest let out the biggest priest howl he could. It took only minutes for seven other priests to answer the call and join him for a plate of chocolate digestives. Is that often what they're doing, isn't it, priests? Yes, Father. Gather round. I've got four or five to share. Is it just plates of digestives? Yeah, always that. The yeah. Biscuits never change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Father John in the North Parish. Quickly. Uh, a priest howl in the yeah. priest hall. Yeah. Also, you've mentioned collection plates earlier. I imagine that going round, it gets handed to the priest after it's been around the, the revelers or the worshippers, yeah. call them what you will. Yeah. And he sort of looks through and he finds, uh, you know, some foreign change. Arr! Someone's put a one euro in the pot again, Shanice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I, mean, don't I, know, be people, but... I don't know what churches you've been to. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, that's... <laughs> okay. Um, so, we are coming to the end of this week's episode. Do subscribe and follow us on iTunes, Acast, and Spotify. If you enjoyed the show, send it to someone you like as a cheap gift. If you didn't, then send it to someone you hate to waste their time. Thanks for listening, and thank you as always to Adam Furman. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye as Shania Twain's gardener. Good boy. I'm 
always Irish. Do join us again next week for loads more nonsense. Goodbye! <laughs> <laughs>